106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I think that one of the things is that people keep looking to government for the answer, and government's the problem. You, a moment ago, you, you asked, you know, about people and feeling not only confused, but right. low and, and down in America. First of all, the American people, if they would just take a little inventory and look around, you triple our troubles, and we're better off than any other people on Earth. And we've asked so much of government, and we've gotten in the habit over the last 40 years of thinking that government has the answers. There's very little that government can do as efficiently and as economically as the people can do themselves. And if government would shut the doors and sneak away for about three weeks, we'd never miss them. Now, if, if the people Did want anybody to Anybody you had in mind particularly? Huh? <laughs> no, I said this while I was in government. <laughs> okay. Our biggest problem is that we have built a permanent structure of government federal, state, and local, the permanent employees, and they've come to the place that they actually determine policy in this country more than does the Congress of the United States. Mm -hmm. There are 14 and a half million public employees in the United States. That's quite a voting block. And the bureaus and agencies, not in Washington, I heard you talking earlier about uh, some of the research programs. Mm -hmm. Listen, there, you, you had some beauties and there's some others. What would you say if I told you about one, a study in which this was called the, um, the uh, demography of happiness? And in this study, the government found out that uh, young people are happier than old people. <laughs> and they found out that people that earn more are happier than people that earn less. And they found out that well people are happier than six people. That's good. Now, this was $249,000 to find out it's better to be rich, young, and healthy than old, poor, and sick. This is Lou Benninger, and uh, happy to talk to you today. This is the uh, 26th of October, and this is our 30, 30th episode of NoHostagesRadio.com, or No Hostages Radio, however you found us. You may have just gone to your podcast source and got No Hostages Radio, or there's actually more information at NoHostagesRadio.com. Com. There's a couple of articles there we post each week. Plus, if you want to go back and get all our article, all of our articles and all of our shows back uh, the last 30 episodes and weeks, you can go do that. I just heard from uh, one of the folks, the many refugees now that are moving out of the state of California. Uh, a couple I've known here for years in the Yuba County area where we're broadcasting from in Northern California. And um, the wife uh, was uh, one of the lead uh, medical people in the ER 
in our hospital, Adventist Health, and the husband had his own business here. Now, these are the, these are the type of people that are leaving California. Uh, they're not just uh, the very rich. Uh, certainly, they're not the very poor because they're getting a free ride. But you're getting a whole uh, uh, demographic uh, myriad of people. You're getting people that are retiring from government jobs uh, and taking their money and going elsewhere where there's more freedom and uh, where their money goes farther and there's less regulations. And um, there is not the uh, bent for socialism that we're having here. The schools are better elsewhere. Uh, people are not propagandized. And so uh, you have a lot of uh, state workers, county workers, city workers that have uh, guaranteed pensions from the state of California County, from CalPERS, CalSTRS. And, uh, and so some of the some other folks are leaving because uh, younger folks, because they can't afford a house. Uh, and so they can get much more for their hard work elsewhere in other states. And again, there's much more freedom. But this couple... Uh, I knew they moved to the state of Washington, the the city's Port Angeles, and they. I just got an email uh, on our. Uh, you can reach me if you want to email me, like he did at Lou, L O U, at nohostagesradio.com. And uh, he emailed me to say, hey, I just wanted to let you know we bought a house on an acre of ground here. Uh, a house that's, uh, I don't know what he said, it was 50-some years, built in 52 or something. I, I can't remember. It was an older house, but he bought on an acre. And uh, he has his own business, and she works for the uh, one of the hospitals up in the area, in that area. So that's the type of couples that are moving elsewhere. They're couples that are producers. They're not on aid. They're not getting free everything. They're actually keeping the state going, and they are moving uh, all up and down the coast and even o over away from the coast into places like uh, Arizona, Nevada, and uh, Idaho, some even over into Utah, I think. But I we've got a number of people listening that have lived in the uh, Yuba County area over in Idaho, Sutter County area the same. Uh, Sutter, Yuba are both Northern California counties uh, that uh, hope, many of us hope to uh, separate from California and create our own state. And we don't like socialism. If uh, Southern California wants socialism, they can have it. But we don't want it, and we have no representation up here. So uh, so welcome all you refugees, that uh, the diaspora, the California diaspora, people scattering all over uh, to start a new life. And, uh, you know, if you really want to uh, be a good father, good mother, <clears throat> Uh, good husband, good wife, and you're working hard and you're trying to make a future for your family and have them in a place where they're going to track straight, go to school, get good grades, stay away from uh, substance abuse. Uh, you just, if you're going to work 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, you want to get the most out of your work as you can because you're trading your energy and your intellect for income to take care of your family. And so uh, I don't blame anyone for moving out of California if they can improve themselves. It used to be people moved here to improve themselves. Now you move here to uh, to enrich the rich politicians. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but in socialism, you have a rich, wealthy, elite class who, who don't have to play by the rules. 
everybody else is poor. And that's what California, they're creating in California. That's what Venezuela is. If you, if you want to look for a couple of the richest ladies in Venezuela, it's the daughter of Hugo Chavez and the daughter of the current uh, president, Maduro. They are the richest women in the, the, uh, the country of Venezuela, and they are not starving. They have all the clothes they want. They have all the medicine they want. They have houses, cars, jets. And uh, that's how it works in socialism. The people at the top get it all, and everybody else uh, gets excuses on why they get it all, and, and you don't get it all. Uh, so I just uh, saw a testimony of a woman that was in prison in China the other day on YouTube, and she talked about that there's just a small minority of Chinese that are literally uh, grasping billions of dollars, millions and billions, uh, and the rest of the people are very poor and struggling, and there are not only police to monitor your every, every uh, going and coming, but they actually have thought police, and we, of course, are getting aware of that now in California as well. So uh, thanks for listening. Again, uh, you can go to our website, nohostagesradio.com, or you can email me uh, if you want to communicate with me, lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com, or you could actually uh, text or phone me if you wish, 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. So we have a a recall going on in the state of California right now. Recall Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, Newsom without an E. I always have to remind myself I always want to add an E on Newsom. But it's Newsom, N-E-W-S-S-O-M. You can, if you don't, uh, if you're in California and you do not know where to go to sign a petition, you can go to the website recall, just the word recall, R-E-C-A-L-L, Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M, dot U-S. There's a, there's a few websites, but that's the one I'm, I'm mentioning, so I don't eat up all the time here uh, doing this. We'll be here for a little over two hours today. Uh, recall Newsom, dot U-S. You can download the petition, and it's a legit petition, you just have to download it on the right size paper. You cannot download it on 8.5 by 11. I think it's got to be by 8.5 uh, by 14 or something like that. It's got to be a little longer. And then you have to pay attention to how to sign it. So you can't sign it on the Internet. you got to sign it. It's got to be a wet copy, and they prefer you do it in blue. So, um, But in, in this area, in the Yuba Sutter area, if you, you know, there's a number of signing um, efforts going on up in the foothills, down in the valley. But if you want to uh, do it in the Yuba Sutter area, you can go out to uh, 5548 Feather River Boulevard, 5548 Feather River Boulevard. That's just, just over the bridge from Marysville to the south. Uh, and you can go to Elite Universal Security. It's open 24 hours a day. You can sign there. You could also register to vote there. So if you're not registered to vote, you have to register to sign. So you could do it at the same time, but but your signature will not count if you're not registered to vote. If you just go sign it and don't register, it's just going to be uh, a waste of time and a waste of effort. So uh, you can register and sign at the same time. Please take care 
to follow the instructions on how to sign. You need to print on a certain line. You need to sign on, a, an, on the other line. And you need to sign as you're registered to vote. So, again, if you don't do things properly, they just to- toss the signature out. Okay? So we're trying to re- uh, recall the governor. We did that in 2003. It kind of caught me by surprise. We were having brownouts then, as we are now. Uh, electricity, they were shutting the electricity off, costing billions of dollars a day in sales and extra costs for consumers. And uh, there were a number of things that went on, and I won't get into all the details. You can look it up in, in Wikipedia or Google it or whatever on the recall of Gray Davis, G-R-A Davis, G-R-A-Y Davis. And you can see the, uh, the situation that was going on. He was losing popularity. He'd just given huge raises to the correctional officer unions. He gave huge pension raises to all uh, uh, government workers in California. And, uh, and the entire electrical grid was falling apart, and people recalled him. And so the way the recall works, there's confusion on that, I understand. I've been seeing on social media. People don't understand how it works. If we get enough signatures that are legit signatures, uh, they're, they're voters— uh, registered voters and they sign correctly. If we get, I think over one round figure, 1.5 million, then, uh, the, the issue on whether or not to recall the governor will go on the ballot. It's a yes or no. And so then everybody that, that votes in that election will get to vote. Yes, we want to recall them. No, we don't. On the same ballot, they'll, they'll be, uh, in the, there'll be another question in the event that the recall gets the most votes, yes, recall them, then you can choose from one of the candidates below that would like to replace Gray Davis. So you get to vote yes or no, and then if you vote yes, you can go down below and vote for the candidate of your choice to replace it. It's all done in one swoop. You do not have numbers of elections. That's how it works. And uh, you can look that up yourself, or you can take my word for it. So you can go out to uh, Elite Universal Security uh, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 5548 Feather River Boulevard, and uh, you can get yourself signed up. All right? So that's good news. It's You know, I get tired of people saying to me, oh, well, I don't think it's going to work. Same way the state of Jefferson. You know, I, I, I'm glad you didn't live uh, at the time of the colonies when they began to discuss making a nation and and whining like that. Some people are such pussies today. Uh, it's a wonder they can get out of bed and make a cup of coffee in the morning. They got no faith at all in anything, and they're not willing to work hard for anything. You know, uh, if you're not willing to stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And most of you have fall for, fell, fallen for f- gifts from the government, which is called socialism. And the more you get from the government for free, then the more they can take away. If they don't give anything to you, then you can tell them to go to hell and just pull your gun out of the closet and tell them to get off your property. That's exactly what the Founding Fathers had in mind when they had the Second Amendment placed there, first, second, and on the rest of the amendments. The Second Amendment was not for hunting rights. It was not to protect yourself against your neighbor. It was to, to shoot the government and to throw them out of power people like Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and all the rest of us, Schiff, Schumer, all the rest of them, uh, they, our founding fathers would literally have gone and taken them out by now. We just are so spineless today, 
And we have no idea what the Constitution says because we've got a socialist public school system that has literally dumbed down, changed the history, um, or simply don't even teach the our, what our history is anymore. People that have lost their knowledge or their sense of history uh, can be led anywhere. They they simply can be led anywhere. Stupid. There's you know nobody has a line called uh, on an employment form. If you're stupid, uh, you get an extra point to get elected to get hired here. Nobody gives bonus points for stupid. And life doesn't give bonus points for stupid. So uh, the best thing you can do is, in fact, I'll just tell you right now, I'm just going to try to help you out here. I'm making this as easy as possible. You don't have to go back to college to learn about the Constitution. Uh, You can learn sitting right in your home if you have a computer or even if you have a smartphone. You can go to four four different places, instituteontheconstitution.com. Uh, And then there's some short clips by the same people who do Institute on the Constitution called The American View. They give uh, commentary. In fact, we play them on this show as well. Uh, They give commentary on current events in in light or in view of the Constitution. Another very bright lady, Chris Ann Hall. She used to be a, a, a... United or a state attorney for the state of Florida, Chris Ann Hall. That's a K K R I S A N N E Hall.com. She will teach you the Constitution online. And finally, uh, one of the top colleges, conservative Christian colleges in America, I think it's existed for over 150 years, does not take government funding. It's called Hillsdale College, Hills with a D A L E on the end, dot edu. They'll teach you. Online, no charge. They ask for a donation, but it's not mandatory. They will teach you the Constitution in the comfort of your home with a cup of coffee and a donut sitting there. So, uh, you know, folks, either you're gonna you're either gonna uh, make this country better or worse. We're not staying the same. Either the socialists are gonna win, or the capitalists are gonna win, or we're gonna have a, somebody. I've been hearing people talk about, you know, I think we're gonna have a civil war. We may actually. I get a little stressed out. People talking about it all the time. I just, I'm just ready for a fight any old time now, because I'm tired of it, and I'm tired of people lying and cheating, and I'm tired of four years of a Democrat-controlled Congress, or two years of the four, uh, where they simply haven't done one thing back there except uh, create chaos and and trying to force a president out of office. Now, one of the uh, elected Democrats back there, I can't remember whether it was a congressman or a uh, senator, said the reason we want to impeach the president is we think the people will actually reelect him. Now, that's something to think about right there. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, because if the people want a person elected, they got no business trying to throw him out of office. What th- What that's called in uh, third world countries is a coup, C-O-U-P, a coup. Uh, And some of them are violent and some of them are nonviolent. And what they've tried to do here since since before Trump was actually elected is to have a nonviolent coup. And they've had some of the top people in the Department of Justice and in the FBI and in the Central Intelligence Agency, the very top leader, John Brennan, liars, cheats, criminals, in the old days, they would have shot them all. They'd have just taken them out and put a bullet in their temple. That's it. And that's what should happen to these people. But in the meantime, they're just one 
they're just gar every time they open their mouth it's just garbage comes out it's just so sickening uh i i, I if I had a television and I watched all the news, it would, I don't think I could hang. It would just send me totally over the edge. Uh, hey, we got a couple minutes here. We're going to do six 20-minute segments if you're new to this, and then, then I, I don't shut down here at, at the end of 20 se- uh, minutes, six 20-minute segments. Uh, I, I have a couple clips in mind here today for you that, that just gives me a chance to uh, shuffle papers and take a little swig of something. My adult beverage today is water. So uh, I want to mention at Church of Glad Tidings, I, I noticed an article in the uh, Ep- Epic Times uh, on there's a need for conservative theater, live theater, because most of the theater you see is liberal. And so I thought, well, shoot, we've had that in Yuba Sutter for decades, like almost 30 years. So the Creative Light Theater is a conservative theater group. Uh, conservative Christian, uh, but it but they're top quality. If you go to Yuba College or you go to uh, any of the other theater groups in town, they have nothing over on Creative Light Theater. So uh, each uh, holiday at Christmas time and in some time other time during the year, they do a uh, a show. They'll either do just a straight theater, a straight play, or they'll do a dinner theater. So uh, coming up in December sixth through tenth. Uh, seven o'clock each night uh, at the at the embassy uh, campus, Church of Glad Tidings, Highway 99 at Eager Road in Yuba City. Uh, there'll be a play there. You do not have to pay anything. You can sit anywhere. There's no reserved seating. Uh, you just you get there early. You get right up in front. It's got a great setup for for doing a play. And uh, they may ask ask for an offering. You don't need to give anything. There's snacks. There's usually a break in the play. There's really good refreshments. So it says, uh, Leslie Greenitz, who's the uh, writer and producer of the plays, says, this Christmas we invite you to visit Israel in the year 0000 to explore the life of Mary, Jesus' mother, just an average teenage girl in the town of Nazareth born to Jewish parents. She had brothers and sisters, friends, and extended family, and carried responsibilities at home while nurturing dreams of her own. The event that set her apart was sealed when she put all that aside and said yes to God's call, unknowingly setting in motion hell's opposition to the miracle of bringing salvation to all all men. Share her faith, her obstacles, her triumph as she chooses obedience to heaven's call. Now what's cool about these plays uh, is that you can bring your family and enjoy it. And uh, so, again, December 6th through 10th, I'll, I'll be mentioning it, you know, as the week's uh, approach, uh, as the approach uh, to the date gets near. And uh, But December 6th through 10th, you can pop in any of those nights and have a fun time of holiday cheer. And I, there's all kinds of articles right now uh, telling the bad effects of social media and technology looking at a screen all day your phone your tablet whatever whatever particularly for kids young kids it's terrible for their brain where the the brain really thrives is where there's live theater live music you know whether you go to a concert or you go to a theater or something that is uh interactive right it's 3d it's interactive so uh, I want to encourage you to do that if you're in, into those type of things. It'll be very well done. 
I know all the people involved, and they do a great job. I'm just going to take a quick break here, take a swig here, and uh, I'm going to play you um, a clip called Trump Era Makes Black Ladies Obese. Hold, hold, hold your horses here, and uh, we'll be right back. want us to, to, to hold up a little bit before we do this thing where we start blaming ourselves. Like, I hate when people talk about black women being obese. I hate it. Because it becomes a way to blame us for a set of conditions that we didn't create. We're moving, we're taking care of kids, but our food quality suffers. We are living in the Trump era. And look, those policies kill our people. You can't get access to good health care, good insurance. The research says that black women, when we do the same diets as white women, we lose less weight and we lose it slower, even when we're following the diet than our white women counterparts. And what, and what public health practitioners think is that our stress responses in the body change our metabolism. It's literally that the racism that you're experiencing and the struggle to make ends meet actually means the diet don't work for you the same. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's the trial of the decade right here in California. I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. The heroes are the undercover journalists who got Planned Parenthood abortionists to admit on camera that they get paid big money for baby body parts. But the liberal left hates the light, so they hauled these pro-life heroes into court. And it's a kangaroo court in San Francisco run by a federal judge who was on the board of an organization that houses an abortion clinic and whose wife is an online pro-abortion advocate. Pro-life Attorneys are trying to expose the Planned Parenthood criminals, while pro-abortion lawyers are trying to financially destroy truth-tellers. Please help SaveCalifornia.com spread the word about this incredible battle pitting legalized murder against our First Amendment. See more at SaveCalifornia.com, fighting the good fight for your values in California. I've been sitting by the fire Enjoyed that. I wanted to uh, just give a shout out to uh, law enforcement and tell you how much I appreciate your work. And um, it's been a rough. Uh, it seems like it's been a rough couple of years, a rough few years. It started. It seems like even under the Obama administration, where he kind of gave an open door policy to disrespect and shoot law enforcement people. And um, when the leader, whether it's a leader of a church, a business, a family, however the leadership goes, goes the folks. So if the leader is a thief, people will steal from the company. If the leader 
sh- doesn't show up on time, people don't show up on time. If the leader, uh, particularly in, in Barack Obama's case, was disrespectful of law enforcement and the military, people were disrespectful pe- that were on the edge were disrespectful to law enforcement, any kind of signs of authority. And so that's carried on into the Trump administration some, even though Donald Trump probably is the most outspoken president in my lifetime, which is seven decades now. Uh, Trump is the most outspoken in support of law enforcement and the military that I've ever seen, and I'm very happy for that. But it's been a rough time for law enforcement, not only with their members being injured, run over, shot, killed, uh, but also uh, locally here in Yuba Sutter County is going on some very, very difficult calls, uh, calls involving any time a child, uh, a young person is killed in a traffic accident or run over or shot, whatever. Uh, there's just been some really big losses. We had a highway patrolman run over. He was trying to direct traffic and a drunk driver ran over him the other night and, and uh, he probably is going to live but he's had hours and hours of operations and probably won't ever be able to uh, return to the career that he chose and loved uh, working for California Highway Patrol. So it's been it's been difficult. And uh, so anyway, last, you know, every once in a while, I'll mention w- where we're broadcasting from nowadays instead of broadcasting from a radio station, which we did for years at uh, and we did live. We we event we eventually switched to a podcast uh, and I won't go into all the details of why. But we lost a lot of listeners because a lot of people don't know how to get onto the podcast. And uh, But last night I was, cause, and I always tell people, hey, where I live, I live behind Taco Bell and around the corner from from uh, what they call, it's the best Chinese food in the area, the Dragon Inn. And I, as I, saw, I call it Drag On Inn. But uh, I always tell people I live at this address, I name the, the number, and then I'll, so I can cite them in, I'll just say I can smell the Chinese food and and I can smell Mexican food at the same time, all day. So uh, anyway, last night I was sitting in my front room reading, and uh, it was not quite dark. It just the sun was just setting, and a and a sheriff's uh, car pulled up, and they were looking in my window at at me, and I waved at them. They waved at me, and I thought they were smiling. So I I jumped up and went out because I I couldn't see who it was, but I know quite a few of them because of trauma intervention program. And went out and gave them a shout out and uh, tell them how much I appreciate their work and and they uh, so they say they were listeners and uh, they and they made the transition to the podcast so I know that some of the CHP and some of the sheriff's deputies and police officers listen and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate uh, your work and I told those guys that the same last night and um, I've I've had the privilege of riding along for gosh it seemed like thousands of hours with law enforcement over the years since the early 90s, and uh, I've got to see their work up pretty close and see some of the stresses and uh, have huge respect, certainly for fire as well, but law enforcement is one of the most difficult jobs, I think, on the planet, and it's a job that God ordained, and uh, in the Bible it talks about that uh, it refers to Men that men and women, it, or just it just talks about people, servants that serve in the area of uh, law enforcement, are actually ministers of God. Now they may not know God, 
they they may be raised like I was to didn't know anything about it, or they may not know they're a minister of God, but God considers law enforcement an extension of him on the earth, and the reason is is because man has a fallen nature, mankind, and even though uh, some people say we're we're born and we're just good as can be, that's just a total crock of crap, and we have a tendency to do stupid stuff even when we know what's right, and that's why we got jails and prisons and why we we need law enforcement and what and at some point jesus is going to return and but until then we need somebody to keep a lid on this sucker and that is law enforcement and we need a good justice system and so uh it's not just enough to have law enforcement we need godly judges conservative judges that that have wisdom and they they have the wisdom of solomon and we, when you have a good justice system and good law enforcement, you have you have a good community and you have a safe community. So way to go out there and give you a shout out. Um, I I was looking at an article uh, this week. There's a local paper. It's a the the daily paper up here in uh, Yuba Sutter County. It's called the Appeal Democrat. Then there's a weekly that I write for called the Territorial Dispatch. So. Uh, all all these papers around the country are are suffering because the new folks young folks don't read the paper anymore so uh but if you've been in California very long you know that the 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 people themselves are destroying the state it's not just politicians people vote vote these politicians into power the second thing they're doing is they're voting for uh referendums or measures on the ballot that are changing the way the law reads on on various crimes so prop 47 and prop 57 over the past several years have actually reduced the penalties for crime and let people out of prison early and what's happening is uh we're suffering for it so uh, i want to read you a couple portions out of this article and comment on it. it says the california criminal sentencing parole and dna collection initiative that's initiative is going to be on the 2020 ballot uh, referred to by supporters as the reducing as reducing crime and keeping california safe act failed to make it on the ballot for 2018 but received the required signatures for 2020 november 3rd so if approved, the act would add to the list of violent felonies. Now, I want you to think about this. Listen closely. Would add to the list of violent felonies that restrict early parole, reclassify certain thefts as possible felonies, and require DNA collection for certain misdemeanors. So uh, the Yuba County District Attorney, Clint Curry, uh, said, I think it's a great start to reversing, listen closely, the damage that's been done to the criminal justice system he didn't go on to say who did it, but I'll tell you who did it, is that the voters who who don't know what they're talking about and don't know what they're doing, and they, they vote for stuff because they're swayed by liberal advertising. The proposed act on 2020, on November 3rd, 2020, you can vote on, it, it's a response to Prop 47 and 57, which are passed with the goal of, let me just flip the page here, the goal of alleviating the crowded state prisons. Now, I had a discussion the other day uh, with some ladies, and uh, I said, hey, we, we have a, a government in California that has been run by liberals 
that don't want to build any prisons, but they want a safe society. They think people can just be talked into being good. And the way you cut crime, if people are going to be criminals, the way you stop that is to put those people off the streets where they can't, if they want to be a criminal to each other and violate each other in prison, that's one thing, but they're not going to be doing carjackings and home invasions, etc. Liberals are so stupid at the colleges, they can't even figure out why the crime rate goes down when you lock people up. If you talk to a prisoner and you catch them and you put them in jail and you find them guilty for that crime, if you interview them and they're willing to be honest, they'll tell you they, they did 100 other incidences or 50 other incidences and never got caught for them. So think about it. When you put something behind, behind bars, that stops that nonsense. Same way with petty, petty stuff like uh, tagging and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Prop 47 made this is this was incredibly damaging. Prop 47 in 2014 made thefts that were under $950 a misdemeanor instead of felony. Well, here's what that meant. People would go into places like Walmart. In fact, they've been stealing so much at Walmart, they actually close at night now. They don't even stay open because they lose money. They sell a lot of stuff, but they they also lose a lot of stuff. And places like Harbor Freight, where all these tools are. In places, they even steal stuff from the dollar store. I have a friend that worked at the dollar store. And she said, Lou, I tried to stop a thief, and they fired me for trying to stop the thief. They, you can just go in there and haul stuff out all you want. So misdemeanors, you could steal something. I want you to think of all the things under $950. You could steal a big screen TV, right? And that's just a misdemeanor, and they won't even take you to jail. They maybe take the TV from you and then take... Uh, and it give you a sight and release, right? So a person could just keep stealing and selling, stealing and selling, stealing and selling, right? So Curry, the, the district attorney of Yuba County, said before Prop 47 passed, anyone who entered a store with the intent to steal was charged with burglary in the second degree and could be charged with a felony. He said, we don't have much of a stick to encourage people not to steal anymore. Isn't that incredible? That's what liberals have done to the state. And I know I'm talking to a lot of Northern California people here. I'm not probably talking to a lot of Southern California. So we it doesn't matter what, I mean, it matters who we vote for in Northern California. But if we all agreed 100% on anything in Northern California and just L.A. County opposed us, we would lose. So Sheriff Anderson said criminals were aware of the change in the law and there has been an increase in retail theft as a result. Under the proposal, the new proposal, retail theft of anything over 450 would be charged as a felony, and someone caught stealing for the third time will have the bar lowered to $250 to deal with serial thefts if the initiative is passed. I'm telling you, there's people that just, they just uh, pillage and raid. Prop 57, I, I brought this up in the jail the other day, and the women that were locked up in there, I was doing a class for, they were totally shocked. Prop 57 in 2016 allowed nonviolent inmates to apply for early parole and narrowed what was included as a nonviolent felony. So, listen to this. Crimes like rape of someone that's unconscious and domestic violence were included as nonviolent felonies. Now, I told this to a group of women in the jail that are there for serving their sentence, and they were told they couldn't believe it. They they said you Lou are you sure you got that right? They they couldn't believe that you could rape a woman and that's that's a non 
violent felony. So Anderson, Sheriff Anderson said, how in the world could these be considered nonviolent? I'm right on the same page with him, and so are the prisoners that are sitting there in jail, particularly the women who are getting assaulted, domestic violence, and they're getting raped. They, and one gal actually said to me, she said, you mean if I'm unconscious, somebody can rape me, and it's a nonviolent felony? It's just like, come on. It's just like, it's unbelievable. Did anybody even read this proposition before they voted on it? So anyway, uh, there's going to be, so they let all kinds of people out of prison. And then a lot of those people went out and just committed new crimes. So this is a new initiative that's going to be on the 2020 ballot. And let me tell you, the liberals, the ACLU, and all these people will come out and just say, this is going to be the most terrible thing. And, and what they did just the other day, I don't I wrote an article for the territorial dispatch. It's called private prisons out. In California, they're shutting down, or they're not contracting. They can't shut down a prison. I mean, they can shut. They can say we're not going to give you any prisoners in the state of California. But what happened a number of years ago, because the state of California simply refused. When I say the state, I'm telling you that the liberal legislators refused to allot any money in the budget to build more uh, prisons. So, therefore, they were incredibly overcrowded. And a federal judge came in and said, listen, this is inhumane to do this. So I'm telling you that by this date, uh, they gave him some time. He gave the state some time to work with. You got to you got to get your population back into line. And so instead of building new prisons, they just let people out of prison. And what what they'd done to take the pressure off was they had hired these private corporations that simply run prisons. They they build prisons and they run them and they just get paid per person per day to house um, these folks. And that's exactly what we had up in Live Oak, California, just north of Sutter County, North Sutter County, called Leo Chesney Center. And it was sort of a a prison to move uh, female offenders that were getting ready to go home. And they put them in there and gave them lots of classes, all kinds of amazing classes, how to work on a computer, um, you know, how to adjust back to life, you know, all kinds of anger management, all kinds of, everybody loved it. The inmates loved it. The community loved it. And Governor Brown shut it down. And so it's been sitting vacant up there ever since. So now Governor Newsom is going to shut down all private prisons, including uh, uh, ones that hold illegal immigrants, illegal aliens. Now, um, this is a slap at conservatives and a slap at the federal government. So what's going to happen? Do you think, oh, they're not going to arrest people? No, they're going to arrest them. They're going to arrest illegal aliens. And they're just, they're, instead of keeping them in California where probably their family members are, they're going to end up hauling to Louisiana, Georgia, Texas, where there's a lot of private uh, de- detention centers. I mean, you know, there's buses, they haul people. Homeland Security has buses the size of a Greyhound bus. They're made huge buses, beautiful buses. And they haul people all over the country if they have to. But it's going to be a huge inconvenience to the inmates that that, uh, get uh, detained and to the family members who would like to come and visit them every once in a while. So that's what's going on. People say, well, will that... that, uh, affect Yuba County uh, Sheriff's Department and their detention of uh, P- 
people that are from other countries until they fight their deportation cases. And the way I read it, it wouldn't. But who knows? Um, but the uh, the interesting thing is the reason there were so many detention centers for immigrants in California was because of the huge activity along California's southern border. And it was the most convenient. You know, it's interesting. The liberals are always talking about being humane. Well, their idea of humane is to have no border. Their idea of humane is to arrest people but not put them in any kind of a holding facility. You just arrest them and let them go. That's their idea of humane. And so what they're ending up doing is shutting down prisons here is making it much more difficult for the very people that they want to help. And they're, they're going to push them right now. I don't know whether you realize this, but the like the, every once in a while, the public defender's office for the city of San Francisco or the county of San Francisco, however you want to look at it, calls me because they use our tax dollars, California tax dollars, and they give it to public defenders in the state of California to come up and defend illegal aliens. Is that interesting? Uh, so the illegal alien does not even have to come up with their own money. We pay for it. And uh, so in in the state of California, there's a whole uh, cadre of nonprofits and uh, immigration attorneys that work in the California area because there's thousands of detainees. But now they're going to move them out. And so do you think all these other people are going to move? It's just it's just crazy. Uh you know, the concept of you think this whole these people are going to move their law offices to Arizona or Texas or Georgia. Right. It just it just it doesn't make any sense. But that's what's happening. But I'm I'm looking forward to voting on this new um, the California Safe Act. We'll see what they try to twist. I'm sure Xavier Becerra, who's the attorney general, who has the right to change the titles on these will make this sound horrible and, and we'll have to try to uh, typical of attorney generals are liars. Jerry Brown was a liar. Xavier Becerra was a liar. Kamala Harris is a liar and, and they, you cannot trust them. You'd think attorneys would be, be honest, but now they're not. Uh, if you find one, hold on to them right? Use them. But usually they, they'll lie to get whatever they want. They're all liars and they would deceive the voters on the ballot. That's what they did on Measure K recently. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes, Measure K. And that was a tax initiative that now we're fighting in court at the appellate level. Uh, and the county of Yuba, we won, we being the people that are against the tax, won at the local level, at the Superior Court. And now the county of Yuba is is costing people millions of dollars, the taxpayers, by appealing this. And uh, that's going to happen in the next few months, hopefully. So uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm going to play you a clip here. Uh, and then uh, we'll be right back. Hang on. Quote founding father Thomas Jefferson. 
The Constitution of the United States is the result of the collected wisdom of our country. He also said about America, with all the imperfections of our present government, it is without comparison the best existing or that ever did exist. Statesman Daniel Webster made the claim, Hold on, my friends, to the Constitution and to the Republic for which it stands. Miracles do not cluster, and what has happened once in 6,000 years may not happen again. Recently, I was having dinner with a couple, and the comment was made, I can't believe how mainstream socialism is becoming in America. Socialism is the opposite of our founding and what the Constitution stands for. Unfortunately, I can, and I believe I may know why. Currently, the public schools in an overwhelming majority of counties in America devour more than half of the county budgets. And of course, it's not enough. It's never enough. But aside from the runaway spending, the far more important reason is what I have come to know as the destructive mission of the schools themselves. Now before we continue, I want to assure you that I speak as an individual who has had the privilege of speaking to several thousand public school students in hundreds of public schools across the country, many with my son here. I've met numerous amazing teachers, principals, and administrators who are doing their best to educate the next generation of Americans to succeed in this ever-changing culture and world. Despite what my dad has just explained, I still feel that our America's vast public government-run school systems are one of the largest promoters of a godless socialist agenda, leading to the dumbing down of the culture. They promote sexual immorality under the guise of diversity, and it's no accident that students are immersed in radical environmentalism leading to nonsense like the Green New Deal. It's no accident that public schools train children to dismiss and often ignore the values of their parents, leading to the disintegration of the family. And it's no accident that public schools drain the resources of the citizenry, making it more difficult for families to educate their children privately. During my last two public school presentations, I was applauded by teachers and students. But not before everyone looked over their shoulders, wondering how in the world I could discuss the topic of the biblical underpinnings of American government in their school. This is an ominous presence holding everyone in fear and purposefully preventing them from teaching any historical realities of America, her God, and her current crisis. Instead, this presence is forcing the institution of the godless socialist empire. Public schools are rapidly attacking America's origins, and the results are devolving us from true liberty. Fellow Americans, I plead with you in the words of Daniel Webster. Finally, let us not forget the religious character of our origin. Our fathers were brought hither by their high veneration for the Christian religion. God grants liberty only to those who love it and are always ready to guard and defend it. This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution bringing you The American View. third uh, session here today. And I, I mentioned before we <clears throat> took a break that I uh, was going to talk about Measure K. Measure K was uh, <clears throat> a measure put on the ballot by the Board of Supervisors of the, of the County of Yuba because they wanted to raise uh, money to offset the incredible pensions that are out of control in the state of California. Every county, every city, every district's facing bankruptcy because they can't afford 
the pensions that were agreed to back in the early 2000s uh, by Governor Gray Davis and the legislature of the state of California. CalPERS is going bankrupt, and they they aren't in the business of making as much money as they can for the retirees. They're into being politically correct. And so they will continue, they continually take money out of areas that they think, oh, well, that's not woke, W-O-K-E. That's not woke, so we're not going to invest there. And then they lose a lot of money on the deal. They constantly are doing stupid stuff down there, plus they're corrupt. They steal money from the retirees. If you, probably most retirees, if they had a choice in the state of California or the counties or whatever, if they had a choice on where to put their money, they would move their money out of CalPERS because it's a total ripoff. The reason that CalPERS uh, is such was such a sweet idea was it, different from my own retirement, which I had to put money aside. So in the, the times in my life where I wouldn't make much money or no money, then I could start living off the money I set aside. They call it a nest egg, right? So you hope the money you set aside will produce interest or gain if you have it in mutual funds or stocks. So it, there'll be growth there and you'll have more money than you put in at the end, right? That's the hope. But the odd thing is the way the government works is if you go to the work for the government and you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth and support the Constitution, then they will pay you until you quit breathing. Isn't that amazing? It doesn't matter. You're not, you're not responsible to invest your money well. You're not responsible uh, in any way. You just have the money taken out of your check and go into CalPERS, and they will promise you to pay you, promise to pay you a certain percentage in a formula uh, based upon your years of service, time a certain percent, times a certain percentage, uh, and then that times the highest earning year you have. So let me give you an example. If your highest earning year, did you just use round figures, is $100,000, right? And you served 30 years and you're in the highway patrol, and, and for the highway patrol, they got 3% at the time of retirement, 3% times the years. So 3 times 30 is 90. That's 90%. So they would get 90% of the $100,000 they earned, say if they earned that, at the that was their biggest earning year. Now, highway patrolmen make more than that. But I'm just using that as a rule of thumb so you can get the, the view of it. So a lot of the Gray Davis made that increase that right before he got recalled, he increased law, certain law enforcement like highway patrol up to 3% times the number of years, times their highest earning year, and some of those guys were... Actually, many of them retired not long after that because they, they were actually making more uh, in retirement than they would working. Isn't that amazing? It just doesn't seem right, and it isn't right, and it's, it's actually breaking the system. So the, the Board of Supervisors and being politicians, they tried to deceive the people by saying, well, we're not really for it or against it. This is so hypocritical. We're not really for or against it. We're just putting on the ballot to see what the people would say. Well, when they put it on the ballot, they were deceptive. And and they described it as a special tax dedicated to law enforcement and public safety fire. But if they say it that way, then they have to have a two-thirds successful yes vote to get it to pass. But what they said is, well, no, 
it's just a general fund tax, but we're going to put it all towards public safety, and we'll guarantee it by putting it in a special fund and, uh, and having a committee oversee it to make sure nobody cheats. So it passed by like 53%, and it needed 66.6%. So they claimed victory, and in April they began withdrawing an additional 1% on everything you buy in Yuba County. And if you're a, a resident of Yuba County and you go buy a car anywhere in the world, including outer Slombodia, you're going to pay an extra 1%. Now, if you buy a $50,000 car, you're going to pay an extra $500 because you live in Yuba County. You get that? So, so that happened starting in April. They started taking out 1%, but then we filed a lawsuit, uh, when I say we, Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, and then two local individuals, uh, Charles Matthews or Charlie Matthews, rice farmer businessman, and John Missler, businessman, owner of the Territorial Dispatch, filed a lawsuit. When that came to court, Stephen Barrier, the, the Superior Court judge, said, <clears throat> indeed, the ordinance was improperly written, and it was written as uh, a special tax. It should have been passed with 666 and it didn't pass with that, but they, but this is how it works in revenue law. Instead of the, no taxes being taken out until we settle it in court, the tax is taken out. Well, then the problem is, well, then what if it's illegal? Who gets the money back? And so the best analogy I could come up with is somebody, if I leave today and somebody comes in and steals all the valuable stuff in my house, but gets caught by the great law enforcement locally and they go to court. Uh, but then as a part of the sentence, they get to keep all my stuff. Now that's how the taxes work. So this, the County, after receiving the notice from judge barrier that they had violated the law and they were not deserving of this money, the money was being already taken and it's being taken at a very low estimate of $8,000 per day out of the citizens of of Yuba County. Now, as of October 23rd, yesterday, they have withdrawn almost $1.7 million in excess money from people purchasing stuff in Yuba County. Now, what if in the appellate court they lose? Or if they appeal to the Supreme Court, they lose again? This thing will continue to go up like the meter, like I was pumping my gas yesterday, and it just kept spinning, 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 like taking 10 20 30 40 $50 from me. This thing is going to keep going up. And you know who gets the money? If they end up winning or losing, they get the money. County does. Isn't this totally a ripoff? Thievery? You know, our founding fathers said taxes were basically uh, theft by force, just like a robber coming in and taking your money. And that's exactly what's going on here. And the, the supervisors not taking the credit like they were for this and voting to put it on the ballot and then being deceptive on the way they described it. Shame on them. So we're up to 1.7. And uh, the we talked to the uh, the government agencies, and they said the only way you can keep up with this for sure is to, to contact the county. 
to figure out what's going on with that money. They can't spend it until it's settled in court. But once they settle in court, isn't it credible? It's just like somebody does a home invasion or steals your car. And then he said, yeah, they, yep, we're going to find him guilty of stealing the car, but he gets to keep the car. He's going to do some time, but he gets to keep your car. It, it sounds stupid because it is. So that's that. Uh, all right. So I wanted to mention, um, this is just, this is how crazy people are just writing these things because life isn't making any sense in California anymore. It says in California, it's against the law for a restaurant to offer me a plastic straw but it's okay for Starbucks to serve drinks in a plastic cup. And it's okay for me to use plastic Keurig coffee pods and buy tons of plastic water bottles. It's against the law for a grocery store to give me a micro-thin plastic bag for free, but it's quite okay for them to sell me a plastic bag for a few pennies that is 20 times as thick. California is going to fine citizens billions a year for not having health insurance, and paying for their own medical care. But they're going to provide free health care and insurance for those in the country illegally. In California, we provide driver's license to people in the country illegally. And you can list your sex as X. But I have to bring my original birth certificate, Social Security card, and two utility bills to get my real California driver's license so I could use it to board a plane since the federal government no longer recognizes regular California licenses. It's okay for a homeless person to build a house next to the river out of plywood and tarps on property they do not own, but I have to pull a permit and pay fees to have an inspection if I do something as simple as replacing a window on my own property and pay to camp in a state park. In San Francisco, they provide free safe drug centers for heroin addicts to shoot up under nurse supervision and provide new needles, also plastic, but it's going to be against the law for adults to vape. In San Francisco, it's okay to crap on the street, but it's against the law to spit. California requires immunizations for its citizens, but not for illegal aliens. So a bunch of eradicated illnesses are now coming back And they don't care about those either. Isn't that amazing? I think we could go on and talk about this for 30 minutes, just reading the crazy. You know, people that do this type of stuff go to, we used to put them in Napa State Hospital or DeWitt State Hospital, which are mental health hospitals. Well, I want to go up back up here and I want to mention, uh, I mentioned Elite Universal Security at 5548 Federer Boulevard uh, in Yuba County. Uh, just south of Marysville, where you can uh, sign up to recall Governor, uh, I almost said Governor Davis, Governor Newsom. Uh, but you can also get a job out there, or you could you could hire them to secure your property. You know, with today's laws where you can steal $950 worth of stuff and only be a misdemeanor, people are stealing stuff left and right. In fact, I just read we're, we're ninth. Are the Metropolitan Unit, which includes Yuba City and Marysville, I think it was ninth in the nation on auto theft here. Hold that thought. Ninth in the nation. Like a Metropolitan Units are like 100,000 and above. So it's not, it it calls it Yuba City, but it includes Marysville as well. It's 100,000 and above. Uh, So we're ninth in the the nation. So you would think... uh, 
back in the days when we had politicians that really stood behind law enforcement and had laws that really had some teeth in them where they scared the hell out of criminals. By the way, somebody told me the other day, oh, that three strikes law didn't really work anyway. People are so full of crap. I, I, uh, have, I bring people that have been in trouble into juvenile hall to speak with me. And I'm telling you, the guys that had two strikes, they, they 100% of the time would comment on it to the kids that, to tell the kids, hey, don't get any strikes, man. I got two strikes, and if I get in any more trouble, I'm going to be down for 25 years or more. It, it literally got everybody's attention. But the, the liberal social scientists cannot, they cannot come to admit how to stop crime. And that's just to stop it, arrest it, right? You know, these people, these liberals, they'll think it's, they'll say it's humanitarian to allow people to take their general relief money, their tax money that we're paying, and to go out on the river bottoms and shoot heroin or drink out, drink hard liquor or whatever kind of liquor and live there and waste their life when they've been created by God to have a purpose on this earth. But they think it's humanitarian to let them do whatever they want, get diseases, die, choke to death, uh, you know, get sick and, and suffer out there in the cold rather than arrest them for their criminal behavior put them in jail, sober them up, offer them a rehab, and get them, get them tracked on, get them back into business. Some of the people say, oh, you know, you, you just make a big broad brush comment about people uh, out in the river bottoms. I, I know what I'm talking about. I know a lot of these people. They have my phone number. I, I give my phone number to them in jail, over the air, on Facebook. They contact me on Facebook, off their, off their cell phones. There are talented people down there. And uh, and there are people that are lazy down there, and there are people that are whacked down there. Be, and they, oh, well, they're all mentally, you know, some of these sissy county workers. Oh, well, they're all mentally, you know, all these people are mentally ill. You know, when you're on drugs, yeah, you're mentally ill. You are. You're whacked out. You're, you're not speaking right. I, I talk to people in jail. They're, like, doing good. They get out. Two hours later, they're on meth. Yeah, they, oh, they recognize me. But they can't put a good they can't put a paragraph together for you. The best thing we can do is arrest people. The states that are aggressively arresting addicts for, when they commit crimes, they're just not picking them up off the street where they're arresting them and getting them into rehabs. In fact, I tell guys I talk to guys in, in jail every week. I say, are you happy uh, if you're really strung out? Did did this uh, jail save your life? They said, indeed, it did, Lou. Saved my life. I was going down. Saves them life from, from getting HIV, hepatitis C, hepatitis B, all the hep, hepatitises. And, uh, but, the, but the liberals will say, oh, no, we just want to let people do what it, if they want to crap on your front lawn, if they want to pee in your dog's face, whatever they want to do, that's just fine. That's, oh, that's, that's, and, and, and then we, 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 oh, well, there's a federal judge. Screw the federal judge. The guy's an idiot. The guy's a complete idiot. Just because he's a federal judge, the guy's totally off his rocker. So anyway, you may need, I started talking about elite universal security. You may need their services, and you can reach them at 530-749-0280. I, I see on video, they post it on different companies that are around here. Post shows a guy on video coming up to their door and goes next to their door, next to their toter, and just takes a dump right next to their toter. 
reaches in her toter from some paper to wipe himself and heads on down the street right here in Marysville. It's unbelievable. It's just totally off the hook, crazy that we've, we've just set, we've taken our top of our head off. We set our brain aside and, and we're, we're just brainless. Like I told Bill Simmons, the city councilman of Marysville, I, I said, Bill, honestly, you guys make such consistently horrible decisions you would have better odds if you just flipped a coin. At least it's, you know, 50% of the time you probably get the right decision. But I said, the way you're going, it's just, it's just crazy. It's like if there's a possibility, a small possibility, you could screw this up, they screw it up. Unbelievable. So elite universal security can protect your property. If you want to, if you want to get some firearms training, they can help you with your firearms training. Uh, they they have a training coming up. Actually, it's going to be on the date you hear uh, when when you hear this. They'll be going this weekend, at uh, the end of uh, October. They're doing um, their October training, but they'll be doing another one coming up in uh, November. And you can go on their uh, website at api-dot-com and just hit on training schedule, and you'll pull up the calendar. And you can look at all their trainings they have going on for their firearms, training you how to use a firearm, conceal weapons, uh, recertifying, taser courses, uh, pepper spray courses. And there's a lot of courses if you're interested in being a uh, in, in their patrol business, they will train you. Some of it's just online training. Some of it's they do it in their classrooms right here in Yuba County. So uh, jobs, or if you need them to do a job for you, 749-0280-530 is the is one. Monty Hecker is, is the uh, the key guy out there. He works with Mike Hahn is another one, but Monty Hecker is a retired military and does a great job, been around here for years. They're, they're, by the way, I don't know where you're, you're picking us up at today, where you're living, but they're they're looking for people up and down northern california all the way into oregon and so if you're interested in a job i'd i'd give them a shout out or if you're interested in some help you may like i know a lot of my farmer friends are going nuts with the the amount of theft and just straight up gnarly vandalism cutting hydraulic lines stealing gas uh slashing tires i mean with the nut harvesting uh the amount of money involved in walnuts and almonds, people are stealing whole can, whole tractor trailer rigs, just hooking up to them and pulling off. It's crazy what's going on. Tweakers, that's what's happening. Tweakers ha- are happening. Uh, okay, so uh, they also do some live scans. If you need a live scan for going to work or something, they'll help you as well. All right, so we're going to take a, another break. And um, so... We're going to play, play you a clip called, this is a great clip by Larry Elder. I love Larry Elder. He's a great speaker. Racism, not in America's D- DNA. And Larry Elder will, will shoot, shoot a lot of people down here. Hold on.
President Obama says, racism is in America's DNA. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. In the 1950s, whites were asked, would you ever vote for a black person, no matter how well qualified? The numbers that said yes were in the single digits. Obama got a higher percentage of the white vote than John Kerry got four years earlier. He got a higher percentage of the white vote. Uh, he got a higher percentage of the white vote. And 95% um, blacks voted for him. For the first time, the percentage of eligible blacks was higher than the percentage of eligible whites who voted for the first time ever. There's no way if racism is in America's DNA, the man could have been elected. He then hires A.G. Eric Holder. Eric Holder said, when it comes to race, America is, quote, a nation of cowards. And he offered three examples of what he called pernicious racism. He said the move for voter ID was an example of pernicious racism. Are you aware that the majority of blacks support voter ID? If the majority of blacks support voter ID, how can it be pernicious racism? He also pointed out that, the, that black boys are kicked out disproportionately compared to their percentage of a given school student body than white boys are. And he called that pernicious racism. Some years ago, there were a bunch of black boys fighting after a football game in a school district uh, in Decatur, Illinois. They were all kicked out of school. In comes Jesse Jackson. He files a lawsuit, lawsuit against the Decatur, Illinois school board, which was all white, claiming that the school board was racist. They defended themselves by pointing out all over the country, irrespective of the race of the principal, irrespective of the race of the school board, black boys are kicked out disproportionately compared to white boys. They threw out the lawsuit. The other thing that Eric Holder said that was an example of what he called pernicious racism is the fact that black criminal defendants who commit the same crime compared to a white criminal defendant gets a longer sentence. And it's true, about 12.5% longer. But there's something called the U.S. Sentencing Commission that explained why. It's because the average criminal defendant who's black has a longer criminal record than the average criminal defendant who's white. And at sentencing, judges take into consideration the number of convictions that you've had. And that's why. And the Sentencing Commission said that the reason for the discrepancy is because of, quote, legitimate factors. But here is the AG telling black people that you are still victimized by pernicious racism when three examples he gave could all be explained away in non-racial reasons. Isn't that good news that it's not racism that's causing this? And I'm calling all, all sorts of names for just pointing out good news. Isn't it, isn't it good news that, that um, there aren't two white mega hat wearing thugs patrolling the streets of Chicago looking for people like Jossie Smollett to beat up? Isn't that good news that didn't happen? Isn't it good news that that girl who claimed three white boys held her down and cut off her dreadlocks was, was fake? Isn't that good news that didn't happen? Honestly. We were born before the wind Also younger than the sun Yeah, the bonny boat was one As we sail into the mystic Oh, I can now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic All right, welcome back. We're into our fourth segment of six, and uh, I, I found this 
came across my uh, social media the other day. I know some of you are too young to know Dick Van Dyke. When I was in the 60s, uh, in the 60s television, he had a, one of the top uh, sitcoms, Dick Van Dyke. So somebody, so, I don't know how people, their minds work this way, but uh, it's fascinating. Dick Van Dyke, he said, today, guy said, uh, with the politically correct and changing what people call things, he said, instead of Dick Van Dyke, it should be penis, truck, lesbian. I'll say that again, so you just let that soak. You know how they, they we use euphemisms now, right? Instead of Dick Van Dyke, it's penis, truck, lesbian. That's his new name for the comedian Dick Van Dyke, penis, truck, lesbian. Hold on to that thought. All right, so uh, let's see. Uh, okay. I went to the gas uh, station yesterday, and I paid. I paid with a credit card, so it's costing me just a tad over four dollars. And uh, so there's on October eighth, CNN there was a story about gas prices, and it carried this headline: California gas prices soar above four dollars, reaching the highest price in five years. And uh, so this is all, this is not, this, this, you know, right now, uh, every once in a while, they'll say, well, we've shut down a refinery because we need to do maintenance, or we had a fire at a refinery, or this or that, because California has limited the building of any more f refineries. Why? Because they're, they're limiting the exploration of oil, which we have the biggest oil deposits in the nation in California, but the liberals will not allow us to extract any more oil. So why build any more refineries? And then we have some of the most unusual refineries in the country because we have to have a special blend of gas that, that we only allow uh, uh, Californians to use in the summertime. We can't, we can't get the other gas, and it's more expensive, and it only made made at one or two refineries in California. So there is a move on. You, if you remember that Stephen Chu, who was the energy czar, Asian dude, energy czar for Barack Obama, he said what we want to do as a nation, as as a socialist nation, although they don't use the term socialist, is raise the price of gasoline to $9 a gallon. We feel that when we get when we get it to $9 a gallon, it will motivate people to use other forms of transportation. In other words, you can't afford to drive, just too expensive to drive. So the, how where how are they going to add that how do they get that price up there besides just saying to all the the dealerships, the car the gas station dealerships you got to charge nine. They just keep adding taxes on it and take the government. The government takes the money from you, from us. And so the government, the reason in California <clears throat> we have gas at 418, say, uh, and in the rest of the country, AAA says uh, for the week of October 4, the average gas price for a gallon of regular was 418. That compares to a national average of 265. And in Texas, the average price is two thirty point five, so uh, less than, in other words, between two thirty and two thirty one. Why so much in California? Because very simply, we have sixty, fifty to sixty years of liberal legislators that believe that socialism, 
they want to they want to set up socialism policies here and they don't like fuel they don't like fossil fuel and they believe they're going to force the the entire state to switch to green energy that's made by bird blenders and solar they're even going to eliminate water power hydropower they've already eliminated the big two nuclear plants of san onofre and uh, mount diablo uh, near San Luis Obispo. Uh, one benefited Southern California Edison, and the northern one here at uh, San Luis Obispo benefited PG&E. Nuclear is the cleanest power there is. So the CNN story focused on this, this spike in prices, but the fact is this is all about politics. This isn't about free market. Anywhere that the government <clears throat> gets involved in taking over uh, a, uh, an industry, when Venezuela took over the biggest oil industry in the world, they ruined it. Now they have to import their gasoline in Venezuela. Uh, and the same here. The, the government is taking over the energy industry. That's why PG&E, that's part of the reason PG&E is going broke or has gone broke, is because whenever you have a business and the government keeps taking chunks of it and saying, you know, you can't pay people whatever you want. We will tell you what you pay. Remember Obama, when they had a downturn in the economy, told some of the big corporations, you can't raise the CEO's salary? Amazing. Just totally amazing. The free economy establishes the wage rates for all kinds of people in a business, from the, the, the novice to the top dog, based upon uh, market-driven forces. When the government steps in and says, well, you have to pay $15 an hour minimum wage, or you have to pay time and a half or double time or triple time this way or that way, you have to provide this kind of insurance, you have to provide health insurance, Obamacare, um, it's just on and on and on. You have to provide pregnancy leave if you have this many employees or above, you have to do this, you have to do that. That's destroying the business. That's why business took off and and thrived as soon as Donald Trump said, we're going to eliminate a lot of regulations and we're going to make it easier to do business. And so the government of the state of California is is has made a decision. Um, they're implementing policies that will reduce the number of automobile traffic lanes. In other words, they're not going to add any more lanes to 99. I just drove down to Stockton, and you get down in there in Kern County, Madera County, there's two lanes either way on 99. It's been that way for decades, and it's very dangerous driving. It's bumper to bumper all the way. They're going to reduce the number of automobile traffic lanes in one way down street, downtown streets in order to force drivers to spend more time sitting at traffic lights and in traffic jam. Can you imagine the brightest people in our state intentionally causing people uh, a hassle and causing people to spend more money all to force them to do something folks that's totalitarianism that's communism that's like telling people you can't have a second child so these policies are designed to encourage carpooling and the use of modes of different modes of public transportation whose buses and incredibly costly commuter rail cars today travel mostly empty. I don't know whether in, in Yuba Sutter here, if you've noticed the, 
I used to call them Hub Area Transit Authority, HADA. Now I think they just call it Yuba-Sutter or Transportation or whatever. Have you ever noticed those buses that run just around town, not the ones that go to Sacramento and deliver state workers? Have you ever noticed there hardly is any, anyone, the driver's in there, and maybe one or two other people. That's about it. It's just a huge waste of money, the whole bus system. And it's true of every community. Hardly any communities uh, does it work well in the United States. Um, so this this article says people in the state of California are like the proverbial frog uh, who is sitting in a container of water on a stove and feels quite comfortable in that container of water because it's like his perfect temperature. But then someone turns the heat on, and it turns it on very slowly, and so that the water uh, doesn't, if, if, if you put him in hot water, he would leap out or scramble to get out. But if it's slow, the, if the change is slow enough, people just, resol- they'll just uh, resign themselves to accept it. A 2018 study sanctioned by the Sacramento Bee found that since 2001, about 410,000 people more more people, that's about equivalent to Oakland, California, population-wise, have left California for the Lone Star State, Texas, than arrived here. In other words, people move to one state, and some people move to this state from that state, back and forth, back and forth. People have to transfer out here to maybe they come out here to go to school, come out here to take a job. They got a special job with some tech company or whatever. So, but when you look at the net effect between Texas and California, 410,000 people, about the equivalent of Oakland, California, have left uh, between two in over a 17-year period. Um, So, this is a planned phenomenon. When, When we get one bond after another where we pass it, because we want more water resources or we want more highways or the potholes fixed and nobody does anything. Do you think that's just an accident? That's a planned event. They planned to, they know what you want. So they took your money and then they lied to you and then they use it for something else. Now, how many times do you have to see that happen before you quit voting for bonds and then you vote people out that are liars these people aren't just liars, they're criminal liars. So that's what's going on here. This is an intentional thing to drive you away from your car where you just say, I can't afford to do this anymore. So you may be in a situation wherever you're living that if you don't have a car, you can't live where you're living. And that's exactly what they want. They want you to move in from wherever you are. So far in the power outages in California... I live in downtown Marysville near the police department and the sheriff's department and the hospital, the only hospital in the two-county area. I have not lost power here. The reason is, is they want everybody to move here from Loma Rica, Browns Valley, Oregon House, Dobbins, uh, Camptonville, Clipper Mills. They do not want people living in those hills. They They want to rewild those hills, and they want to just let them go just like they've let all the forests go, and they do not want man's touch on those, those hills. And they want, to, they want to stack and pack people. The term is stack and pack. They will build high-rise apartments. 
I've been at, I've been in them in Russia. I've been in them in Moscow. I've been in in uh, Yaroslavl. I've been all over China, and they're up 35 stories in those big cities where there's 15, 10, 15, 20 million people. They're called stack and pack apartments. There's three or four. Some of those apartments are only 400 square feet. They're like a tiny house inside. They're really small. And uh, so uh, that's what's going on here in the state of California. And when you look at the, they won't say it publicly, but their policy statements that are written down, you will notice that's exactly what they're after. Now, Gavin Newsom, in this latest edict, where he declared he was going to take $5 billion out of the SB1 road fund repair money that our local politicians pleaded with everybody to vote for and not repeal SB1. Remember Prop 6? We were going to repeal SB1 because they didn't need the money anyway. They just said we're going to take extra money. And that SB1... Uh, the way they got money is it added 12 cents onto every gallon of gas and it added a huge amount of money onto your DMV fees. We already had the highest, some of the highest DMV fees in the country and they added 25 to I think $100, 25 to 75 or 25 to 175 for the most expensive cars. You get the high end for the cheapest car. You're going to get at least $25 tacked onto your when you look at how many cars we got in the state, folks, it's just unbelievable amount of money. So they, they're taking like over 10, 10 years, about $54 billion. And now they're telling us again, they're not going to add any more lanes to the freeway. I just traveled I-5 the other day to Stockton. That's our premier highway up and down the state. That thing had holes in it, cracks in it. Front end was jumping around on my car. It was incredible. And I thought, this is so ridiculous, so unnecessary, and it's just so intentional. They just want they just want to cause people a big pain in the butt. That's what they want to do. It's all intentional. And then what would it take to change that? It would take putting a Trump a Trump guy back in here. Getting some people that think like Trump and just say, you know, that's nonsense. We're gonna we're gonna shut down this cardboard that that's unregulated. You know, the cardboard, they just come up and say, we're going to add 50 cents onto uh, a gallon of gas. They don't need anybody's permission. They don't need the legislatures. They don't need the citizens to vote on. They just said, we're going to, we're just going to add, we're going to add 50 cents. We're going to add 75 cents. We're going to add a dollar. We're going to add $50 on the DMV fee. They just, they're totally unregulated. It has nothing to do with a republic, a democracy. It's just communism. That's all it is. That's what, what we got. Well, I wanted to take a second here since we're in, I think we're in our fourth segment and uh, give a shout out to uh, the best remodeling operation in the uh, Yuba Sutter area. And that's Dave Greenitz Construction. And uh, the cool thing nowadays, you you don't even make a phone call and talk to them. You can start by snooping around. You can do your detective work. You can go on to Greenitz. G-R-E-E-N-E-T-Z construction.com and you can nose around and see his before and after shots of kitchens and bathrooms and entryways and decks that he's put on. Those guys do some amazing work. I know some of his subs. I know him and some of his subs are good people. They're honest people. They're hardworking. Uh, and they they take pride in their craft, whether tile or paint or or lighting or flooring 
whatever whatever you need cabinetry he picks the best and uh so you can go there you can go on to dave greenitz construction uh facebook site and you can also check the same type of photos out there now you can email them off off the website or you can you can dial him up if you're bold if you're not a millennial you actually know how to talk to people face to face and conduct a conversation uh, without looking down at your phone uh, you can call him at 530-682-9602 530-682-9602 if you get a voicemail if he's on the other line i'll tell you the guy calls you right back when he makes an appointment, all these guys that I talk about on the on the radio, uh, on the podcast, uh, you can if they say they're going to do something, they do it right. They're going to show up your house and, and look something over, give you an estimate, do this, do that, the other thing. Uh, they'll do it. So give them a call six eight two nine six zero two Greenitz Construction. Every time I leave for a while, I, he, Dave always says when I head to Vietnam, we're going to be going over there in a few weeks. <clears throat> he always says, Lou, give me a list of all the repairs, and I'll go in there and fix that place so you have it ready when we come back. He helped set up our studio here, and uh, we had to overhaul a room of the house so we could move over here. And um, so uh, we're right behind Taco Bell. If you're ever over in this area, you want to stop in, give a shout out. I've had people stop in knock on the door and say are you the guy that's on that podcast <laughs> it's hilarious i get a kick out of it so uh anyhow uh let uh, we'll go on from here i'll save the last one i got one other one to talk about what i'll save it we got plenty of other stuff to talk about by the way one of the biggest hypocrisies the biggest sham I, you know it's just sad that people aren't smarter this climate change nonsense, I just get people coming on the media talking like climate change is for real and just as solid as the sun coming up. And it's just such a crock of crap. There's nothing right about it. It's just a scam to, to control every part of our lives, to control our water usage. It's just like Cal Water, California Water Service. the highest water service costs in our, in our region. I get charged probably three times as much as I would if I just crossed five minutes. So either in any jurisdiction, Yuba City, Yuba County, Oliver, Linda, I could get cheaper, probably get a third, half or third, uh, paying for just drinking water. And uh, not only do you pay a fantastic amount for the drinking water, but then you pay because they – you know, because it's so expensive, you try to use just a little bit. And then because you don't use an, as much as they wanted you to use when they gave a bid to the California Public Utility Commission on how much to charge the rate, uh, the consumer, because you don't use enough, then they, they charge you. They charge you a penalty if you use too much, if you use over your budget, and they charge you a penalty if you don't use enough. It's called a RAM charge. A water rate adjustment mechanism. So they say, well, we didn't, we're not making enough to cover our capital costs because people are, people are so squeamish about using the water because we're charging a lot. So therefore, we want to charge them more for not using the water. So you get charged a lot for using it. You get a charge, a, you get a penalty. Like usually, you know, if you buy stuff in bulk, like I was just buying some plants the other day at Lowe's, and they said if you buy 
if you buy one of these, it'll cost you like $7.95. But if you buy 20, we'll charge you $6.95. So usually in America, if you buy in bulk, like if you buy a pound of rice, it'll charge you this amount. But if you buy 50 pounds or 25 pounds, you get a better deal, right? And usually if you buy bigger, uh, like you've, if you buy a case of something, you'll get it cheaper than buying an individual bottle, right? But in water, that's just the opposite. The more you buy, the higher the rate goes. And then if you think, well, my God, I can't afford that. For instance, I'm just talking to these guys that stopped by the sheriff's deputies the other night. They were just leaving from having dinner at Dragon Inn and going back on the uh, patrol. So we were talking, and uh, so uh, anyway, they've lived around here a long time. And when I said I've lived around here my whole life, and in Marysville, the entire city was green at one time. Now it's brown. Now there's something wrong the people didn't do anything wrong. They go to work, they pay their bills, but they cannot afford water. And we are loaded with water in Northern California. You'd think it when there's in a free, this is why, you know, the government is in up to this in their ears. When you have a free market system, the more supply you have, then the cheaper it is. When, when they have bumper crops of walnuts or almonds or whatever they have, the, the price goes down. And when there's a, a crop failure, the price, crop goes up. We have abundance of water here in Marysville. We have the, some of the highest prices, and we get penalized with the highest prices. Plus, if we use over our budget, we get penalized more. And then if we try to conserve, then we have to pay extra because we're not using enough. Do you think we got problems? Think this is socialism, people. This is not free market. This is government taking over business. And that's the reason that all these the California Public Utilities Commission isn't for the public at all. It's simply government in bed with big monopolies like PG&E and CalWater. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to have our fifth segment. Uh, listen, let me see what I'm going to tell you. Um, All right, check this Jerry Seinfeld clip out. Be right back. in the greeting card stores I think they're interesting because they kind of greeting cards really reflect you know what people are saying to each other the style of the greeting cards the communications there's a section now in every greeting card store I've been in lately where they have greeting cards with no printing on the inside though <laughs> I mean this is a comment no words no message nothing it's like Hallmark is saying hey we don't know what to tell her <laughs> you think of something pal for 65 cents I don't want to get involved I don't know what you're doing over there. <laughs> then they have those greeting cards with the couples on the front. They photograph them, you know, these hazy focus people. <laughs> They're always having picnics. There's always a tree, a pond. Who are these people? I don't know them. I don't want them on my card either. <laughs> what am I gonna write inside there anyway? Here's another couple having a better relationship than us. 
So I went to the post office to get some stamps for the car. This all fits together. <laughs> I was at the post office today. That's a, that's a true thing. And I'm waiting online now. What is the thing in the post office with the wanted posters on the walls? You're standing there, you're going to mail a package. They're showing you killers, murderers, thieves. What do they want us to do about it at the post office? Write the guy? <laughs> do people rip these off the wall, go up to the counter? Yeah, give me a book of stamps and a search warrant. I'm going after this guy. <laughs> I've had it up to here with his activities. I'll tell you my main question about these wanted posters on the wall, why didn't they hold on to this guy when they're taking his picture? <laughs> what are they bothering us for? Amazing things like that. That's, that's what life is all about. That's what my act is all about. Amazing things. I want to go to the Guinness Museum because I love the Guinness Book of World's Records. I love these amazing things, great records that people set. Some of them, not that you would want to have of you, for yourself. You know, I mean, have you ever seen that guy who's got the record for fattest man in the world? Bob Hughes, the fattest man in the world, 1,400 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, the man has let himself go. <laughs> Come on, Bob, have a salad here. Do something. <laughs> I used to feel bad talking about the guy, you know what I mean? I used to think maybe I would offend somebody in the audience, but then I thought about it. You could be in the audience, you could weigh a thousand pounds and still go, he's not talking about me. This is a man with a serious weight problem. I've got it under control. But 1,400, it's just, it's too much. Bob, wherever you are, if you're in the world, go on a diet. Take off a couple hundred pounds. But you realize 200 pounds on this guy doesn't even make a dent. And if you were a friend of his, what would you say to him? You know, you look great, Bob. What are you down to, 1,200 now? You're a rail, baby. How well, many of you people out there been hurt in some kind of love affair? And how many times did you swear that you'd never love again? How many lonely sleepless nights? How many lies? How many fights? And why would you want to put yourself through all that again? Love is pain, I you say. Love is a cruel and bitter way of paying you back for all the faith you ever all right, had. All right, so uh, there's a number, all of a sudden, all these people are writing about all these wealthy Democrats, socialists, from uh, people in, that are politicians to the Hollywood elite. Uh, about their, they call them the climate concerned 2020 Democrats spending hundreds of thousand dollars on private air travel. Now I, I travel by air quite a bit and, uh, I just travel cheap seats. I'd like to travel up there in that business area. I, I walk through there and I like those big seats where you can lay down and sleep and better food. And, uh, just it's just come more comfortable, easier to travel, right? But I can't afford it, so I don't have any problem with flying the cheap seats. But it's interesting to me. I, I don't complain about it. I'm okay with it. And uh, you know, usually in those planes I'm flying to Asia, there's three or four hundred people in that plane. So you know, it's uh, you just have to settle down and hang, and get along with people. But the politicians who's always lecturing us in the cheap seats are not only not flying commercial in 
in first cabin business, whatever I call it, first class. They're flying a special private aircraft where just a handful of folks in there behind the besides the pilots are flying. So uh, Joe Biden's campaign spent just under one million dollars, not on a commercial airfare, but on private jet, jet usage just in one quarter. From July 1 to September 30th, recently, $924,000. Now, this is a guy that's telling you that the world is coming to an end. Uh, Pete, you know Pete, the little homosexual dude? Pete, but, uh, you know, how do you get these names? But, he's got but in his name, and uh, he's taking it up the butt. Oh, Pete, but a judge. Uh, he, he spent a half a million dollars on private air, air travel. Uh, th- this is a private jet now. That's 179,000 increase from his private air travel in the previous quarter. We're talking about one quarter, a half a billion dollars. I sorry, half a million dollars, 500,000. Kamala Harris. Remember she first thing she's going to do is just jerk everybody around. Cause the sky is falling. She's going to tell people what they can and can't eat. She was saying uh, on YouTube the other day. She spent between uh, she spent two hundred fifty three thousand two hundred thirty six thousand more than the seventeen thousand she spent in the previous three months. So in one quarter, two hundred fifty three thousand dollars, right? Quarter more than a quarter of a million. Bernie Sanders, who once described climate change as the greatest threat to our national security, spent $360,000 on private air travel in the third quarter. And Pocahontas, Democrat candidate from Massachusetts for president, she described climate change as an existential crisis that threatens us all. Man, I'm glad I didn't go into law school and get her as a teacher. Oh, I would died i would have i'd have had to take opiates to go to her class she called it an existential crisis that threatens us all she she uses private air travel she spent 132,000 in the third quarter uh let's see you know people this is so Obviously typical of socialists and communists, the people at the top think that somehow they have a sacred exemption that they can live their lives any way they want. They can use a plastic straw. They can use all the bags they want. They can fly air travel because they are politically conscious and they're woke. And so they're going to save the world, and all the rest of us are the ones that have to make all the changes. So um, here, here's an interesting thing. For last month, Democrats were attacked after attending the Polk County Democrat Steak Fry. That sounds good. I, I could use a steak. In fact, I'm hungry right now doing this broadcast. I'm late doing it. My friend in Texas who puts this together is probably wondering, what is Lou doing, like cramping my style out here? I need to get that done and get it on the air on Saturday. So the Polk County Democrats had a steak fry. Now, you would think that these people that have been whining about cow farts and how cattle 
are wasting all our resources by eating all this grass and using up all this water to water the grass and fertilizer and then farting. And it takes so much fuel to feed that cow to then be killed and then eat steaks. That's a waste of God's green earth. So the steak fry at Polk County for Democrats featured thousands of steaks. Can you imagine? I've never seen thousands of steaks. My dad was a butcher. Man, he had some good meat. But he did not ever, I've never seen thousands of steaks. I may be seen close to 100. Says climate climate alarmists argue that red meat consumption is contributing to the crisis. Several Democrat candidates happily, in spite of this, assisted in grilling the juicy cuts of meat. God, I don't know if I can make it through this show. I need to go get something to eat. Go over here to drag on in and get me some General's chicken or something with, with a big old pile of rice. So they said there's they had hunt, thousands, not hundreds, I was going to say hundreds, they had thousands of steaks, and the Democrat candidates, they went over there and they rolled up, you know how they roll up their sleeves? They got the blue shirt and, and the khakis on, they roll up their sleeves and they put a little bib on, just like, oh, they do this every day, they just serve, 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 serve. They, they were cooking that meat despite some of the presidential hopefuls previously floating. You know that these some of these presidential Candidates have said they want to limit beef consumption in order to curb the looming threat. And can you imagine? Just said you can only have beef. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. They're going to say you can only drink this much water a day. They've already said it in California you're only going to get 50 gallons per person, right, of water. Then they're going to say you can only have beef once a week. Remember in the World War? Two, they uh, they ration people. You could have these little coupons, and you could go get a certain amount of uh, sugar or flour or different necessities, the basics, right? And so these same people that are down there cooking 1,000 or thousands, it says thousands of steaks. This is a big old, big old steak fry. These are the same people that are limiting beef consumption in order to curb the looming threat. What is what is a looming threat? The Earth's going to, well, uh, AOL, whatever her name is, Cortez, AOC, Ocasio-Cortez, she says 12 years, that's it. And, and she doesn't, I don't know, I think she was a bartender before she became a congresswoman. Somehow she's talked to somebody that she's just repeating. I don't think she did the research. But honestly, people, think about this. Um, there were three different articles. I don't know why all these guys wrote about the same. They called one said jet-powered hypocrisy. Globalist elites, celebrities leave massive carbon footprints. I'll tell you the other one is these people. Oh, Harry. Is that his name? That British dude? Prince Harry or whatever his name is. Uh, well, there's William and Harry, but I think the redhead is the one that just married that Meghan Markle. And they're just flying. They're flying all over the place. Uh, let me give you some other deals. Bill Gates took 59 flights in 2017, traveled 213,000 miles. He flies in his private Bombardier BD-700 jet. 
it'll house up to 19 passengers at a time. How, how about uh, the second most egregious user of flights was Paris Hilton, who flew 171,000 miles by various private jets, emitting more than 1,260 tons of CO2. I'm totally into CO2. I think CO2 is great for the atmosphere, and it helps things stay green. That's what, that's what my science class told me, and I'm believing them, not these crazy people today. Jennifer Lopez flew 139,000 miles. Oprah Winfrey, 83,000. Mark Zuckerberg, almost 66,000. There's all kinds of people just flying all over. Not in commercial aircraft. They're flying in their own personal jets with just like two or three or four or five or six people. It's just nutso. I mean, if the, if the, if the uh, world is coming to an end, but I don't every, – every time I fly around the world or travel overland, I can't believe how few people there are in the world. They say there's 7 billion, but you can't – I can't hardly find them all. I travel for miles. In fact, I was over into Idaho recently, and we drove and drove and drove and drove and didn't see many people. Prince Harry, he and his wife decided – they said, we're going to save the earth, and we're only going to have two kids. We're just so concerned about the planet. But they fly everywhere. He flew to Sicily the other day to to meet with some business leaders. I don't know what Harry even offers. What's Harry going to change? Harry and Meghan, they made a long-haul flight to Africa. You ever flown to Africa? Man, that is a long flight. That kicked my rear. And I flew down there to Kenya and then went over to Entebbe and Kampala and checked out a missions operation. It just, I thought, holy mackerel, am I ever going to quit flying? I started in... San Francisco went to New York, and then I went to London, and then I went to Kenya, and then I went over to Kampala. It's like, jeez. Anyway, all these people that are talking trash are just wasting all our money. Terrible. Terrible. Oh, I got to get down here. I want to talk about, let's see, who is, did you see LeBron James? At the first night, they, the L.A. Lakers played the Clippers, and before the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, was finished, he just left his spot standing at the side of the court and just tore his, his, his warm-ups off and just screamed, screamed, let's go! Told, I think the guy's losing his mind. He may have syphilis. Syphilis, they say, According to Yuba County Health Department, if you don't deal with syphilis with a couple big jolts of penicillin, it can actually screw your mind up. And I think a lot of these guys in Sacramento, particularly the perverts down there, got syphilis, syphilis and their mind, they're losing their mind. You know, they used to have uh, sanitariums or insane asylums where they put syphilis sufferers. And I wonder if LeBron James may have syphilis. Because he just totally seems pissed off. He obviously doesn't know where China's at or what's up with China. But now he's he's dissing the national anthem and people got all flared up at him. Just amazing. So I was I was gonna tell you what is it? I'm oh 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 here it is, here it is, here it is. Okay. I'm getting short on time, so I'm I'm picking and choosing where I'm gonna go with this uh Email probe. Okay, I got to do this. You remember back in the days, I, I remember when my parents, this is back in the 60s, when they, they used to go up to Reno 
and that's that was a short vacation for people back then. People didn't fly much back then. It was too expensive. So my parents would go to Reno and spend the night, leave me at grandma's house. And you know how you'd overhear an adult conversation. So they would mention something about, and I would pick up on it, that there were there were homosexuals or transsexuals. In other words, there were men that were dressed up like women doing stage shows in Reno. And I thought, and they used to kind of chuckle about it and go on. They didn't go to see those, but they would mention they were there. They'd go up and see like Frank Sinatra or something like that, you know, good big music groups or something. They're, you know, the World War II music and uh, big band music because my dad was, he played, he was a musician some of his life. So they liked big band music, but they'd go and they'd been mentioned, they would talk to their friends. Oh yeah, there was this, this show. So you remember when in the seventies and eighties, pretty soon there was this coming out that homosexuals just wanted to be recognized and, and uh, like they just wanted to have a normal life and didn't want to have any castigation or, or uh, weird, weird uh, trouble. So that that's how it started. You remember now though, so in other words, it's like, hey, you do your life, we're going to do ours. We just look at things different than you. But then now we have all these laws that they're the thought police, just like they have in China. You you can't think whatever you want, and you can't say whatever you want, even if it's in your own home. And so now it became that now we're going to teach in schools that homosexuality and, and pedophilia and transsexuality, and we're now we have transsexual story hour right in our public libraries because the American Library Association is big left wing right along with the California Teachers Association. So now we have it actually being taught to our kids. And that's why, you know, we're just getting to where we have unisex bathrooms that we can just go into whatever bathroom we want. Right. The guy, if a guy's a guy by plumbing, but he feels like girl, he can go in the girl's bathroom. And so now you see guys wrestling on girls, you know, they're wrestling girls saying I'm a, I'm, I'm a converted girl. So, uh, for years there's pedophiles have, have been trying to work their way under the banner of the LGBT MOUNIP, you know, label. They want to be in there as saying, Hey, we're just, you know, we're just misunderstood, right? We're just, we're nice people and we're, we're. And so, you know, it's interesting that in the state of California, we have Harvey Milk Day in May. I think it's May 21, 22, something like that. And Harvey Milk uh, was a homosexual, but not just a homosexual. Harvey Milk actually preferred uh, underage boys to have sex with. Uh, And so, in fact, most a lot of underage boys and girls get jumped into the uh, gay lifestyle, if you want to call it that. By older people, they don't just. It isn't like a fifty-year-old dude hanging, meeting up with a fifty-year-old dude. They they hustle younger people because they're hustleable, right? So pedophiles are now going to rename themselves, right? They're calling themselves minor attracted persons. That's a pedophile. So it's interesting that it, you remember the uh, when when in the sixties and seventies there was a show on TV called Mash, and it was a show about a medical unit in the Korean War, and about the interact the different feelings about the war and just you know there was a whole story to be told every week. It was a very very popular show for many years, and there was a guy named Corporal Klinger who didn't want to be in the military, and so. 
he he was the personification of the guy who wanted to figure out how to get out of the military. It scared the hell out of him. He wanted out of the military, so he always dressed as a female. And he was the transsexual on the show. He dressed the female. He really wasn't a transsexual. It was all a big show. And so even during the Vietnam War, people that were being drafted would go down and portray themselves as a homosexual or they couldn't see or they were mental to try to get what they called a defer- deferment or a deferral from the military. And and they would defer you. And so uh, with uh, with Corporal Klinger, I think he's a corporal or private Klinger, whichever he was. Let me see. Uh, so it says here in this article, when I was a child, men who wanted to dress up as women were treated rightfully as someone who either had an extreme fetish or mental illness. It was not presented as something that was anything remotely close to normal. The character of Klinger from this 1970s MASH television show kept trying to be, he kept trying to be discharged from the army on a section eight uh, deferral, which is a discharge related to mental illness. How did he angle that? By dressing up in women's clothing. Clothing. Flash forward, the guy says, to 2018 when the United States military is paying for transsexuals to have gender-switching surgery. They, they, they have a vagina, they want a penis. They have a penis, they want a vagina. The taxpayer is paying for that because somehow God made a mistake and got everybody confused and gave them a, a male brain with female plumbing. A male, you got a motherboard that's, that's a male or female with the wrong plumbing, right? You ever get something, you buy something, and, and they, they, you think, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. All the parts here don't, they're not the right parts for this this toaster or this coffee pot. They said, oh, we gave you the the, part, the parts you got in there for the XYZ model. You got the, we're going to send you the different parts. So anyway, the military's paying for transsexuals to have gender switching surgery, courtesy of the taxpayer. For those of you not paying attention to the world around you, this is an unprecedented paradigm shift. Where did our friend Klinger from MASH go? What was deemed a mental illness just one generation ago has somehow become a protected right. In fact, anyone in Canada who intentionally calls a trans person by the wrong uh, pronoun can be put in jail. Did you know that? Well, that's the truth. Now, the Catholic Church has been institutionalizing pedophilia forever. There have been guys in the Catholic Church, priests, that have been praying. They went in. They were. They couldn't have women, They right? Because the Catholic Church said, you, if you're going to be a priest, you can't be married. So they went into the Catholic Church and they had total access to vulnerable people, young people. And they had sex. They had all the sex they wanted. And people were so horrified about it, young people, it took them 10, 20, 30, 40 years to come out and say, he violated me. He had sex with me. Sometimes it was a female, but generally it was a male by male priests. And the Catholic Church, instead of dealing with it, they just moved the priest to another uh, parish. And let him start fresh somewhere else and tell him, don't do that. Quit that. And now they're being held financially accountable for it as people are coming forward. So uh, in, in Canada, in fact, in Canada, they actually arrested a pastor 
who preached, just told what the Bible said, uh, and they arrested him. Uh, I think he ended up finally winning it in court. But uh, the the first thing that any movement wants to do is they want to change their name to be more acceptable uh, to the population. So pedophiles, which has a negative connotation, we don't usually in society, our history is we don't look happily upon people that molest and have sex with children. They've rebranded themselves as MAPS, M-A-P-S, or Minor Attracted Persons to gain acceptance. Now, you just watch how this is going to work because they're going to come right in. They got their own. You know how people to identify and say, you know, I'm a heterosexual, but, you know, you know, they have a right to marry who they want and have sex who they want. So people would put the the rainbow flag. Remember, Obama made the whole White House a rainbow looking color for a while. So they'd have a so people that aren't even gay would put a gay flag over their Facebook picture or something. Just say, you know, I'm really open minded. So now the maps people are wanting included in that flag and they got their own their own flag. So the map and no map community tries to pull at the people's heartstrings by claiming that pedophiles are misunderstood, marginalized people. Then as long as they're attracted to children and, you know, they as long as they get permission from the kid, if it's consensual, then they ought to be able to just screw them, right? Just ridiculous. It's just such ridiculous. And... Uh, so according to the Urban Dictionary, the blanket term MAP includes infantophilia, that's sex with infants, pedophiles, sex with pre prepubescent children, hebophiles, pubescent children, and ephebophiles, post-pubescent children. In other words, a kid that's, say, under 18, but he's already gone through puberty right? Some maps actually refer to themselves as no maps or non-offending minor attracted persons. And those are the ones that say, Hey, this is consensual. That kid, that kid likes me. We, we have, we have, we're going to have a monogamous relationship. I'm 140 and he's 10. So that's that. We'll be right back. And, uh, we got our final segment and, uh, hang on. Let's see. What am I going to show you right now? This will be good. Oh, I got a Save California Minute, and uh, and this is a great clip on Sanctuary Cities with Ted Cruz. All right, we'll be right back. How can you say that you're not responsible? What does he have to do with me? What is my reaction? What should it be? What's the cause of California's chronic problems? I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. 
What do you think of a government that opposes the sacred right to life for innocent babies yet coddles convicted murderers? Or a government that regards job providers, charter schools, independent contractors, and law-abiding gun owners as bad? And what about a government that rewards illegal aliens at every opportunity and which thinks your money and your children are theirs? This bad government showed itself in the raft of horrendous bills just approved in Sacramento. Who voted for this? The Democrat politicians who've been in control of California's legislature for 60 years. You can thank them or blame them for what California's become and whether you think our culture is safe or dangerous. See the evidence at SaveCalifornia.com. Fighting the good fight for your values in California. Some of our Democratic colleagues have asked you questions. Well, isn't it true that some of the illegal aliens that sanctuary cities are releasing are nonviolent? You answered with the rather obvious answer of yes, some of them are nonviolent. Let me ask you the other side of it. Are sanctuary cities releasing violent murderers? Yes. Are sanctuary cities releasing rapists? Yes. Are sanctuary cities releasing people who have committed child molestation? Yes. Are sanctuary cities releasing people who are guilty of domestic violence? Yes. Are they releasing people who have committed drunk driving offenses? Yes. When I listen to Democratic colleagues saying, well, no, 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 this is all about some grandmother in Chicago. No, this is not about a grandmother in Chicago. I've, I've talked to too many Texans and too many people across this country who've lost their children in murders from illegal aliens who were in jail until Democratic politicians release them, violent criminals, into our community. And it is wrong to play these political games, releasing murderers. This committee heard testimony from Kate Steinle's family. Kate Steinle's family was a, Kate Steinle was a beautiful 28-year-old California woman who was murdered on a pier in Northern California by an illegal alien who had been in and out of prison over and over and over again. And yet, and had been deported over and over and over again, and our revolving door system kept letting him go. Kate Steinle's father, who I visited with, held his daughter in his arms as she cried out, Daddy, please save me. Every one of us who has kids, what a, what a nightmare, and the thing that is frustrating that was utterly and completely preventable. Politics killed her. Political posturing killed her. And by the way, for every Democratic senator who says, well, no, no, we're all for stopping violent criminals. Well, you know what? There's an easy solution. Kate's Law, which I'm the author of in this body. Kate's Law says violent criminal illegal aliens, aggravated felons, if they enter illegally a second time, will face a mandatory minimum prison sentence. If you get outside of the fantasy land that is Washington, D.C., an overwhelming supermajority of Americans support Kate's Law. That's true of Republicans, of Democrats, of Libertarians, of Independents. Kate's Law is common sense legislation. I'll tell you what, the Senate has voted on Kate's Law. Every Democratic member of the current Senate that was here voted against Kate's Law, against targeting not the grandmothers. We're not talking about the grandmothers. We're talking our sanctuary cities releasing gang members. Yes. MS-13 members. Yes. And yet, because of politics, Senate Democrats will not stand together to stop it. You want to do something meaningful? Let's pass Kate's law 100 to nothing.
right. Well, this is our final segment, and I want to mention uh, one final group that keeps us in business here. I guess we call this a business. It's actually just a mission. I'm on a mission from God, I think. So uh, Ted Holmes, that owns uh, The Plumbing Doctor in Yuba City, they serve Yuba and Sutter Counties. Um, I don't know how many years. I think he started a plumbing doctor about the time of the the crash in 2007. But he's done a really good job. Uh, he weathered a really hard time when business just shut down because of the housing crisis. The housing bubble popped. But they've uh, been hanging in here for, I don't know, uh, 10, 11, 12 years. And uh, they got a few trucks running around town, and, and they, they're 24 hours a day operation. They'll get out and get it on any time of the night or day. You don't have to wait for days. They just get you handled. They come and fix what, what I need, what I have. When I'm ailing over here, water's running the wrong way, backing up when it should be going out and coming in when it should be going out, or vice versa. There's always something going on. Uh, they fix me up. They they actually helped me try to figure out how to cut down on my water usage up here because cow water's ripping me off. And so, uh, if you're interested in trying a, a plumbing operation, you know everybody, even in hard times around here, people got to fix the plumbing. So if you want them, they can. They sometimes people try to do it themselves, and then there's some things that's like, oh, that sounds gnarly, putting a whole new water line or sewage line in or trying to figure out what in the world, what's going on here. So if you want to want some help from those guys, Plumbing Doctor, 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. That's a Plumbing Doctor, and uh, they do a good job. We're, we're, uh, I run this thing called one of the many things I'm involved in. <clears throat> one of them is the Trauma Intervention Program, and we go out on 911 calls, so if you're you're living in this area, you see a lot of bad things pop up on the media, you know, Facebook, the, the different uh, social media uh, aspects of social media, different devices, and sometimes, obviously, the newspaper, television, or the internet. <clears throat> so when bad stuff happens in our area, which is unique to most areas in the United States, we have a thing called the Trauma Intervention Program, where we have volunteers that go out along with and at the request of law enforcement and fire and the ambulance service and the hospital. And we serve to just take some of the really gnarly bumps out of the, the crisis. We're not bringing people back from the dead or, or uh, you know, bringing a house back that's been burnt down. But we're helping people sort through the decisions they need to make and get some a support system and help just help out. The emergency system's always there <clears throat> and do a great job at cleaning up the mess, solving the problem, doing, uh, getting the road back together, putting out the fire, uh, figuring out who did what to whom. They do their investigation. They do a great job. We want them to do their job. We want them to try to save the life at the hospital. But people need information. They need, they need proximity and they need hope. And that's what trauma intervention volunteers do is they try to get the information that each individual and individual family wants regarding each unique tr crisis. And so we go out, we do it for nothing, no charge to emergency responders or to our clients. And uh, 
So we've been doing it for 25 years. We've we've responded to over 11,911 calls. Never a dollar of taxpayer money came our way. Uh, we've been supported by individuals and businesses. And some of the uh, emergency responders have employee associations that, that raise money for good causes. They help us some. So anyway, we we do a fundraiser once a year. We don't do a we used to do a food fundraiser. We used to do a fireworks fundraiser, but we just have got down to where we just say, you know, something we're doing a good work here. If you believe in us, we we have almost no administrative costs. We don't have any paid people. It's all volunteer. If you believe in helping your fellow uh, citizens when they're in their darkest hour, uh, We'll use your money well and and help them get them to the help they need, resource groups, literature, help them along, whatever they think they need. So if you want to help us, you can uh, reach out to us at uh, and send a check to P.O. Box 645 Marysville, 95901. I'm looking for another packet of stuff, and that's a uh, tip, T-I-P. Just that simple. And and when you do it that way, if you send a check, six, box 645 Marysville, 95901 in California, uh, then then we get 100% of the money. Nothing goes to anywhere else. But I had another, hold on just a second. So the other way that you can that you can help us if you don't want to do a check and you don't, or maybe you're just, you've gone checklist. So another way is to go to <clears throat> online, to go to GoFundMe, GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2020. That's GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2020. And you can, uh, you can give there. Obviously GoFundMe takes a little bit. But you can help us. We put in about 40,000 hours a year, which if you take the uh, national per hour volunteer value of $24.69, that was a year or two ago, that amounts to $987,600 in contributed services to uh, our emergency responders and uh, local citizens. So if you want to help us that way, uh, that would be great. If you don't, that's still great. We'll we'll do it without you, because uh, we believe in it. So let's see. Uh, we have a good chunk of time here. I wanted to get that in. I've talked about Ted Holmes and plumbing doctor, but I wanted to uh, mention that Gavin Newsom. We talked earlier about uh, recalling him. Gav- Gavin Newsom is the highest paid governor in the country. Did you know that? It may not come as a surprise because California is, is the most populous state in the country. And uh, it is traditionally, it pays its assemblymen and senators, the state senators, not the United States senators, but the state senators, the highest as well. Although this article doesn't get into that. But uh, the Wall, uh, I think it was the Wall Street Journal did uh, some research and they ranked the salaries of 50 governors and found California pays Governor Newsom $201,680. And that will increase to $210,000 in, in about 60 days in December, or 30 to 60 days, 210000 The second highest paid governor is Andrew Cuomo from New York. Now, New York, you think New York very expensive, right? 
he earns $200,000 a year. Next year, he's going to pass Newsom. He's going to go up 225000 That's a pretty big raise, right? That's over 10% right there. At the end of, other end of the list of governors is Janet Mills from Maine. She earns 70000 a year up there in Maine. So uh, in, in California, they created a Citizens Compensation Commission to determine the salaries uh, for California legislators and other statewide elected officials. Now, they felt when they did that, that would take the politics out of it, right? It's always gnarly when you're voting yourself a raise. Nobody wants to be held accountable to that, so they picked these independent groups, like the California Public Utilities Commission, supposedly independent of the utilities, which is a big lie. So they picked these citizens. Now, who do you think they're beholden to? Yeah, they're beholden to the people they're paying the money to. So uh, you have Cuomo, the third governor, the third highest paid is Tom Wolf. He's a Democrat. It's interesting that the top 10 governors in terms of salaries, eight of 10 of them are all Democrat governors. Tom Wolf, Democrat, Pennsylvania, 194850 Bill Lee, who's a Republican governor in Tennessee, gets 194112 And then uh, you have Charlie Baker is a Republican and uh, from Massachusetts, and he gets 185500 So uh, the rest, but eight out of ten of the top ten that the top 10 paid are those the lowest earners uh, the lowest 10 earners you have one two three four five there's five republican governors and five democrat governors so the lowest as i mentioned is democrat of maine janet mills and jared polis who is democrat Col- colorado he's ninety thousand. And then you got Doug Ducey over in Arizona. He only gets 95000 That's pretty low for Arizona, I was thinking. So um, the president, just to give you a comparison, sometimes on the Internet you see these things come through on people, how they get paid and all that stuff, and it's actually inaccurate. It's just I don't know who keeps putting this stuff out. But the president of the United States gets an annual salary of 400000 Senators and members of Congress, if you're unfamiliar with those terms, those are actually the folks that run the federal government, and they're making 174000 That's a salary, 174000 That's not benefits. That's just a salary. Um, now, it's interesting. It says despite governor, all the governor's salaries and Governor Newsom earning Uh, the most of all the governors. He earns far less than California's highest paid state employee. Now, I want you to just think about, there's thousands and thousands. I I don't have the count, right? You can look it up on transparentcalifornia.com and see how many state employees there are. But when you look at how many state and federal employees, their state and county and city employees are, it's no wonder that we now have a socialist government because... However they want to vote, that's what we have. Just like up in Northern California, however we vote, it doesn't make any difference if the state, if, if Southern California doesn't want what we want, right? We both can be right. 
we if we were a separate state, we'd get what we want and Southern California would get what they want. Right. That's why we have different states. Right. And but now we have Southern California determining what what we should have. So how much do you think is the highest paid person being employed by the state of California? The highest paid is the University of California, San Francisco health president and CEO. He makes his main name is Mark Lorette, L-A-R-E-T. He makes uh, $1,088,447. Now, do you think anybody would have ever thought they would go into public service? What an oxymoron, public service, and make over a million dollars. It's just an amazing thing. Um, now, I want to, I'm just, I'm going to pick the high points here. I want to talk about, I, 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 I'm just fixed on China lately. And, uh, so I've traveled a lot in China because we used to smoke contraband in there to the underground church. So I've made many, many trips throughout China and, uh, different cities there's an area in Xinjiang, X-I-N-J-I-N-G, China. Uh, it's in the northwest. It's where the Uyghur or the Mon Mongolia is. The Uyghur people, U-Y-G-H-U-R-S, Uyghur. They are primarily a Muslim people. And uh, they have always wanted to uh, detach themselves from China because they were overtaken by the Chinese and they were independent. They had their own country. So um, they, what they've been doing, the Chinese, is they've been, uh, they're afraid of these people, just like we're concerned about the terrorists, but they, they have them living in our country, right? And these Muslims do not want to live under Chinese rule. I don't blame them. What, no matter what you believe in about communism, no, people are not happy under communism or socialism. And so they've been... Uh, They've been locking him up. So what happened is, is a police chief. Now, this is communism, folks. This is the real thing. There was a dinner party, and the police chief in Kuchar County, Xinjiang province, told uh, he was at a dinner party. And um, he was, his name is Himit, H-I-M-I-T, Kari, Q-A-R-I. He was expressing his concern about the quote-unquote re-education camps, right? And he was at a friend's house. That private conversation got repeated to the government, and they've arrested him. They arrested the police chief for his comment about his concerns about millions of people being detained. It says the sources claim Kari revealed during the gathering that many people had died at a Uyghur concentration camp in Ucha, where he helped oversee the mass internment program that is believed to have begun in 2017. He reportedly did not provide the details about how the people died. Weeks after his admission, Kari was called by the Kuchar County Public Security Bureau's disciplinary office for questioning before being taken to prison on charges of revealing state secrets and for further investigation. Now, people in this country, every household makes comments like this, and I'm telling you what, uh, there's a day coming where you're going to get arrested for it. This, uh, the, 
the Kuchar County Public Security Bureau, that's a secret police in, in, in the, the, uh, the nation of China. An officer confirmed that he and his colleagues had been diligently studying police education films and that Hemet Kari is one of the people featured in the films. He is a political commissar of Ucha Township Police Station, around 45 years old. He was detained because he expressed sympathy towards the detainees who died in the camp. Chinese officials have sought to silence criticism of their policy, claiming it is necessary is it a necessary measure to tackle terrorism following various Islamist-inspired attacks over the past decades. I want you to see what they did. Think about what we've done, and now listen to this. They claim this is the police, the secret police. They claim that the concentration camps are voluntary de-radicalization camps and vocational training centers now believed to hold as many as 3 million Uyghur Muslims and other ethnic minorities. Now, I've been in prisons where there's been, like I was at Folsom, I think there were 5,000 people in there when I was in Folsom visiting. I can't imagine 3 million. I cannot imagine 3 million people locked up. According to countless witness testimonies and human rights investigations, the centers more closely resemble concentration camps with detainees being indoctrinated in support of the Chinese communist regime and coerced into disavowing their allegiance to Islam or any other belief, Christianity or democracy, anything other than Chinese communist government. In a recent interview with the Washington Post, female victims recounted how Chinese authorities used rape, forced abortions, and the harvesting of their organs while also accusing them of carrying out a genocide against the Uyghur people. This month, U.S. Commerce Department announced sanctions against 28 Chinese entities involved in human rights violations against the Uyghur population, arguing that they were all implicated in the implementation of China's campaign of repression, mass arbitrary detention, and high-technology surveillance. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day, and one of their relatives needed a part. They needed a kidney. They needed something. And, uh, in fact, I was talking to somebody on the phone yesterday. And people are always looking for parts. And unless somebody voluntarily gives up a part of a loved one that that is dying or has died, but they kept their, their organs fresh through artificial uh, mechanics of oxygen stuff, uh, once a person's dead, their organs are no, no good, dead, dead, and they don't have any oxygen to their organs. So, so it has to almost be a perfect storm situation to be able to harvest a person's organs and give to somebody else and have them work. In in China, if you if you decide you have kidney problems and you need the doctors say you need a transplant, you can fly to China, you can contact China, you could get you could get organs within a week or two. That in America it's years. Why a year or two? Because there's more people there? No, they they harvest the organs from political and religious prisoners and criminal prisoners in China. So when you go to prison in China, they not only take your blood test, 
but they check your DNA. They check a lot of things that they would check to be able to match you against uh, a potential recipient of your organs. And then once they have someone willing to pay for that organ, in other words, China is using the organs as an industry to make a lot of money. And they have hundreds of hospitals throughout the country to do organ transplants, to harvest organs off prisoners and to give them through. So, for instance, if you're a millionaire or say you're not a millionaire, you just have enough money to go to China. You could fly over there. You could drink all you want, get a cirrhosis of the liver and go to your when you burn that one out you just go get a new liver and you could do that with a lot of your parts and that's what's going on and that's what the nba is profiting from it'd be just like if we were profiting from nazi germany knowing that they were gassing all these jews it's just so horrendous and and people cannot get it through their brain what's really going on here and then you have all these i think honestly lebron james is losing his mind He's a, he's a really weird guy anyway. He's a twisted dude. So uh, we're going to call it a day. And again, this is the number 30 episode and uh, for October 26th. So we'll, we'll, God willing, we'll be here next, the following week as well. And uh, thank you for listening. And this week, let's try to get it on. If you're out here in Gavin Newsom territory, let's, let's see if we can get him out of office. Let's see if we can get him on the ballot and get a chance to vote him out of office. We've got to get him on the ballot. So you need to sign up, get registered to vote. Put your money where your mouth is or your mouth where your money is, however you want to do it. Okay, we'll catch you later. And uh, thanks for taking the time to listen. If you want to <clears throat> check the articles out, you can get them at nohostagesradio.com or you can go to the territorialdispatch.biz. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bye-bye. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show.